Hi everyone. What's going on? Whew, it's been a week. <laughs> but today's Sunday, so the week actually starts now, right? How's everyone doing? Oh, let me show my little beautiful face. Hi, Eric. How are you? So let me tell you something, people. This is Salty Coffee. My name is Wanda, and I am the CEO and founder of this podcast. I started this podcast to inform, share, and have you come with me and invite you through my journey from the workforce into retirement. So even though um, the podcast was created to empower women, um, to, to show other people what other women do in the workforce and pretty much the idea is to for you to see you know what it is that people my age had to do back 30 years 40 years ago and where you can be at now today where you can start so that you can comfortable comfortably retire early so today is march 21st 2021 it is 7 p.m eastern time in new york city in the bronx and I want to let you know that the poetry contest registration has been extended up to March 31st. So we have one entry. So if you know anyone who is poetically inclined or is constantly writing poems or have been in other poetry contests with no money winning, remember the winner gets $200. I think you should tell that person to come on in. You know, and I think it's important uh, for us to share as much information as we can about finances, retirement, or traveling. Um, I was suggested because I traveled a lot and, and I love music and I used to be a dancer, professional dancer. I was um, counseled that I should start sharing those those things uh, that I enjoy doing. So I'll, I'll look into it and... I think that would be great. But needless to say, uh, the person who's going to be with us today is running late. And that's fine because, you know, they're running. <laughs> and election is March 23rd, which is this Tuesday. So if you're from District 15 in the Bronx, please make sure that you register. So I'm going to share a couple of um, shots and a couple of videos but let's see who comes in. Um, please make sure you leave your name on the comments. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask. And that would be awesome. So Alyssa Crespo um, is running for uh, city council in the Bronx for District 15. And out of the eight people I think that are running, um, Alyssa was the only one who knocked on my door and said, hello, my name is Alyssa and I'm running for city council for District 15. And I thought that was the best thing she could have ever done because she, she stopped by my door, one, and I'm very picky and very selective on who I vote. I'm not a political person, I'm not a professional, I'm not a finance expert or anything like that, but I am a tax paying person. And I know what happens where I live. So I thank um, 
I, I am very grateful for, for candidates who run in that manner, where they actually care enough to go visit the voters. Um, this is something that New York at, at one point stopped doing because they noticed, you know, you got to get into the hood <laughs> to, to really get to know people. Like, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't go into the hood. So um, I don't know what changed, but they're knocking on our doors now. So I think that's very important and, and very grateful. I'm very grateful for her to do that. And she, she came with her person who endorsed her, who was also running for Congress, um, when Richie Torres won. So Alyssa's position would be what Richie Torres um, left us. He, he didn't leave us, you know, abandoned. He actually is going to be a great congressperson for, for the Bronx in this district. So I wanted to share with you um, a video of Alyssa, um, and I'm going to um, share two things uh, that's within her page. One of them is in English and one of them is in Spanish. So that's the only difference. So this is Alyssa Crespo. And like I said, she's running late, but um, very energetic person. So hopefully you can, hmm, I wonder if I play this, you can hear it. Let's see. Can you hear this? For City Council District 15 in the Bronx to fight for working class families like mine. I never thought that I could run. I've always believed that you need to be the change that you wish to see. My family came to New York City from Puerto Rico searching for opportunity. Like so many people who made that same journey, they found themselves struggling to survive. I was raised by a hardworking Latina who, despite her best efforts, relied on Section 8 to keep a roof over my head and food stamps to feed us. My mother worked countless low-paying jobs for the things that every New Yorker deserves. A home, access to food, safety, and dignity. My name is Elisa Crespo, and I'm running for City Council District 15 in the Bronx to fight for working class families like mine. I never thought that I could run for public office because I never saw myself reflected in those who represented me. Growing up surviving was a day-to-day -day struggle. Transitioning made it even more difficult. But I found a community on the outskirts of our city and was welcomed with open arms. We formed our own houses, chosen families that provided a support system for one another. We helped each other thrive when the government was indifferent to our suffering. 
As I walk through the streets of the Bronx, I see and feel the struggles of my neighbors. For too long, working class families in the Bronx have put up with corporate greed and unfair policies. The Bronx has been the epicenter of COVID-19, forcing people out of work, into poverty, and leaving families hurting for those we have lost. We are the frontline workers who keep New York City afloat. The teachers who go the extra mile for their students. The mothers who make ends meet. I have a plan to ensure that every New Yorker is supported. The hardworking people of the Bronx deserve a contract that ensures a dignified life. We need a bold strategy to reverse our shrinking workforce, and I will create opportunities through a public option for employment. I will defend and expand safe and affordable housing, quality health care, fully funded education, and climate justice that guarantees access to healthy food and breathable air. I commit to racial justice that advocates for the freedom and equality of those who have been discriminated against and unfairly criminalized. We must center our most vulnerable, the aging, those with disabilities, and our immigrant population. In this house, you matter. Join me and we'll be the change we wish to see. On March 23rd, vote Elisa Crespo for Bronx City Council District 15. This message was paid for by friends of Elisa Crespo. Siempre he creído que uno debe luchar por el cambio que uno quiere ver. Mi familia se mudó desde Puerto Rico a la ciudad de Nueva York en busca de oportunidades. Como muchas familias, se encontraron con dificultades para rehacer su vida. Yo fui criada por una madre latina trabajadora que a pesar de su mejor esfuerzo tuvo que usar programas sociales para mantener un hogar y comida en nuestra mesa. Mi nombre es Elisa Crespo y me estoy postulando para el Consejo Municipal para luchar por las familias trabajadoras como la mía. Creciendo en Nueva York fue una lucha diaria. Mi transición lo hizo aún más difícil, pero encontré una comunidad en las orillas de nuestra ciudad y fui recibida con los brazos abiertos. Cuando camino por las calles del Bronx, veo y entiendo los problemas de mis vecinos. Por mucho tiempo, las familias trabajadoras del Bronx han tenido que soportar políticas injustas y corrupción corporativa. El Bronx ha sido el epicentro de la pandemia, creando desempleo, incrementando la pobreza y dejando a familias sufriendo por los seres queridos que han perdido. Somos los trabajadores esenciales que sostienen la ciudad de Nueva York. Los maestros que hacen un esfuerzo extraordinario por sus estudiantes. Las madres que luchan por sus familias. Mi plan asegurará que todos los neoyorquinos estén respaldados. La gente del Bronx se merece un contrato que garantice una vida digna. Necesitamos una estrategia nueva para revertir la reducción de nuestra fuerza laboral y crear oportunidades a través de una opción de empleo pública. Defenderé y expandiré el número de viviendas asequibles, atención médica de calidad, educación gratuita y una justicia climática que garantice el acceso a alimentos saludables y aire limpio. Me comprometo a la justicia racial por aquellos que han sido discriminados. Debemos dar prioridad a nuestras comunidades más vulnerables, los adultos de la tercera edad, los discapacitados y la población inmigrante. En mi casa, tú importas. Unámonos y juntos luchemos por el cambio que buscamos. Vote por Elisa Crespo el 23 de marzo, pagado por amigos de Elisa Crespo.
Um, so that was Alyssa's introduction, and this was from her page. Um, she is here with us now, and I am so grateful that she is that she took the time to. All right, where's my mouse? Here we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. So um, one of the things that I want to cover is uh, I'm not sure if I went through this. But the District 15 covers Bedford Park, Fordham, Mount Hope, Bathgate, Belmont, East Tremont, West Farms, Van Nest, Arlington, and Olinville. So some of those locations I'm not even familiar with, uh, <laughs> which is ironic because I've only been here for 10 years for this specific uh, area. So with that said, here is Alyssa. Hello, Wanda. Hi. Beautiful. What a great How are you? For me to come in right after the campaign video. I know, right? Okay? I'm okay. I'm, I'm good, all things considered. We're two days away from our election day, so I'm, I'm a little exhausted and overwhelmed, but I'm, I'm blessed and I cannot complain. Uh, God is good. Good. So one of the things... Um, can you hear me? Is there like an echo? Because this happened to me before. <laughs> so I want to make sure that there's no echo. I know I have I have one fan who's listening. So maybe they can help me. Um, I know what I did last time, which there was an echo, but I think I can hear myself. I don't know. But you're good. You can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I had mentioned um, before you walked in earlier is that I thought it's amazing thing that you came to my door because I never vote for people <laughs> unless they walk in my door. And I've always said that. It's like, you have to earn it. You have to earn my vote because I work hard. And, you know, I, I work two jobs raising my daughters. And so I know totally. So how that feels. And just watching your video with your mom, just brought tears to my eyes because I know exactly how that feels. So um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> so I appreciate the, the emotion. Uh, it means that the video is doing what it's supposed to do, right? And is to, to send a powerful message. So I want you to, um, I'm gonna remove myself because I want to um, focus on the questions. So I want you to tell us a little bit about um, what is a city council and what what defines the city council and what is the position and what does that mean and what does it mean to you really for sure? So the city council is the local legislative body of the city of New York of the five boroughs. And um, as city council members, we, um, we create legislation, we write laws that apply to the five boroughs. We also have um, oversight power and investigatory power over city agencies. Um, we can request hearings for city commissioners. And uh, we deal a lot with the land use process. Um, zoning and land use in the city of New York. That's one of the main powers of the city council members, as well as negotiating the city budget, which is um, generally around $90 billion, give or take. Um, last fiscal year was about 85 um, 
it's actually around 95. Last fiscal year was about 85 because of the financial impacts of the coronavirus. But we get to um, go toe to toe with the mayor and negotiate on the budget on what sort of uh, programming and what services and what agencies we want to um, provide funding for. And city council members also have their own discretionary budgets. They get about a couple million dollars to spend on capital projects and nonprofits um, in their district. Um, so the city council, um, you know, is we have oversight over the NYPD, the Department of Education, the Sanitation Department, the Department of Transportation. Um, and as I mentioned before, we deal a lot with zoning and land use. So, you know, every block in every single part of New York City is zoned with a certain category. And that dictates, uh, dictates what you can build, how high you can build, whether it can be industrial, whether it's going to be a single family home, a multifamily unit, whether it's going to be commercial or residential, um, whether we want to upzone or whether we want to make exceptions for um, a warehouse or whatever it may be. Um, so land use, uh, budget, budgetary powers um, are, the, are the two most powerful um, uh, are the two big powers that um, city council members have. That's um, a great definition that I did, was not aware, and this is why I think it's important for people to know the local level um, leadership, you know, uh, the people who actually do, do that work. Because I've been here for 10 years and I've seen improvement but I also see how it can easily, quickly lose, you know, the, the focus. And, and you can tell when someone has left office and, and how it, things have just been like floating around. I don't know if it has to do with COVID. Um, uh, and I'm sure the budget this time around was because of COVID may have changed. But with, with zoning laws, and the city budget with the how how do you what what how did you even learn about this process and and what how 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 can we as a community learn that the city council person is the one responsible for our voice and and how do we not so much prevent because i i know that for you to get into the, this political thing, you're coming in with a straight, hard purpose, right? And I feel that sometimes politicians get in with a great purpose and it turns into something different and now you have to make everybody happy, but mostly this other, you know, influential group of elites. So I know Fordham is part of that, you know, Fordham is like the probably the top priority <laughs> in what i mean that's what i see as a as a resident where i just see like okay where where i'm at is at the end of the poll where okay let's just use that for the dumping grounds you know for but give give me a little bit of what it is exactly that you're looking for to make a change and to help really build community so that they can stay in the community so I, you know, I got involved with politics um, as a student leader. It was 2015 going into 2016, and I was a returning student going back to college to finish. I, I had gone to college after high school, but then I had dropped out. 
and and then years later I had returned. Um, and I had um, been studying political science and I was um, a student of politics as Donald Trump was coming into, was campaigning to be the president alongside Bernie Sanders. This was, um, again, 2015 going into 2016. And to be um, a student of politics and watching this election play out, um, watching, watching the rise of white supremacy and white nationalism and xenophobia, um, I was really concerned with the direction that my country was heading in. And uh, I became a part of the student body government and we would always take trips to the state capitol to Albany to, you know, sort of push legislators, our state legislators, to uh, provide more funding for the City University of New York. And that experience not only showed me the power of organizing, but showed me, um, it brought me into close proximity with, um, with government and the legislative process. And so after having graduated, I then started working for the Bronxville president and I was the education liaison in the office. Um, and I, I helped a lot of uh, families, uh, mothers, you know, parents in general, um, navigate the, um, the Department of Education. Uh, I dealt a lot, I did a lot of constituent services around helping students with uh, special needs, special education students, District 75, helping parents understand their legal rights and the um, IEP process, which is the Individualized Education Plan process. Um, and so, you know, I started to think about what is, what do, what do I want to do next? And how can I um, continue my advocacy? And how can I do more good for more people? And 2021 provides us a really unique opportunity to transform our city because there are 51 city council members across the five boroughs. And I think 35 of them are going to be term limited, which means there are going to be 35 new city council members across the city of New York, more than half of the local legislative body. And it's a real unique opportunity to elect a new generation of bold, progressive, uh, unapologetic leaders who represent um, the future and who are more diverse and more um, connected to the struggles of everyday people. And so I saw this as an opportunity for my voice um, to, which I found wasn't very um, often being represented in these spaces to, um, to fight for, for people. And the focus of my campaign is, is what we call jobs and justice. And the reason being is because District 15, um, over half of single mothers with children under five are living in poverty. Um, over a third of the district uh, has less than a high school education. And in communities like East Tremont and West Farms, the unemployment rate is about 20%. So people are really suffering in this district and people need good paying jobs with a living wage, with benefits, with uh, pensions, with healthcare benefits, uh, with jobs that come with the power of organized labor. And that's the focus of our campaign is creating a public option for employment, which means that we will create a program where the city of New York will um, analyze um, and look at the data and see what zip codes have the uh, most impoverished communities. And we will create pathways into city service jobs, municipal jobs for these people. Um, obviously, we're also fo 
focused on fully funding the public schools in this district um, and building truly affordable housing, addressing climate change. There are a lot of issues, but poverty is the number one issue um, for me in, in this district and for many people. And, you know, I view the, the city council and my campaign um, and my, my overall, you know, um, outlook and view of, of politics as using um, power to, to be transformative, to uplift people out of poverty and to make sure that we are creating a city that works for everyone and that everyone understands that politics is for you too and that you, we are going to be an accessible city council that doesn't cater to and provide uh, incentives or, or uh, tax subsidies or, or um, for the wealthy and for corporations. But in fact, we're going to center the most vulnerable. We're going to center the people that need the help the most, and we're gonna reinvest and refund um, our communities. I think that is, was gonna be my, my second question. You added it in there. Um, your your top three priorities. So I, I'm so happy that you answered that with clarity, with with your heart, because I feel it. Um, I think what's gonna what I'm afraid of. Let's say, um, do do you feel that getting elected will be? Um, how can I say this? So. Do you think it will change you in any way? Do you feel that, you know, you will be influenced to again, once again, because people like me who had to work, single moms, who had to work two jobs, who have to, you know, even when you're working, you're still paying taxes and you still have to like struggle. Like living in New York is not cool <laughs> at all. It's, it's a struggle and some people make it look easy. Like a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? You know, you travel, you do this, but it's not easy raising children in the Bronx, right? Um, what, what I wanna know is if you get elected, Alyssa, where where can you really go deeply like where would be like your main focus you know i know some people are into the housing affordable housing for sure you know um but but i was looking my vision of what i wanted but of course life is not about what i want <laughs> it's because it's everybody but i wanted to 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 build a community where I can stay here and I can have my grandchildren be born here. And I, and I read somewhere on your uh, profile that you're looking into ownership. Like you, you will prefer, is that true? Is that something that you wrote somewhere where? Certainly, I think that um, when it comes to housing, we, we absolutely have a housing crisis in the city of New York. We have a homelessness crisis. And we have about 60 something thousand people who are homeless. Um, many of them live in shelters and a couple of thousand of them are, are on the streets. Um, and so we, we provide a right to a shelter in the city of New York, but we, what we don't provide is a right to house. And there are certain people um, running for city council or who are in the city council who, um, are catering to um, wealthy, wealthy real estate developers 
and believe that the solution is just to build, 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 and build more housing. But market rate housing in the city of New York um, is expensive and most people cannot afford it. Um, and so what we need is social housing. We need truly affordable housing. We need more supportive housing. Uh, and we need to look into things like community land trusts, which essentially are um, owned by the tenants and the communities who, who live in them. Um, they're essentially nonprofits. And what they do is they, um, they take real estate off of the speculative market and put the wealth um, back into the hands of the community. And that's just one tool in the toolbox, of course. Um, another issue that we have in our city when it comes to housing is we have many landlords who engage in a source of income discrimination. So if you have a housing voucher, um, landlords will just flat out tell you we don't accept them, which is illegal. Uh, the other problem is sometimes the value of the voucher, depending on which one you have, is um, you often can't find an apartment for that price. So um, unlike the Section 8 voucher, which is, you know, um, comes from the federal government, the city FEPS voucher, which is another form of voucher, um, it doesn't have market rate, um, fair market value, excuse me, like like the Section 8 voucher does. And so the value of it needs to increase. And there is legislation in the city council in committee stuck um, that I plan to sign on to if elected that would increase the value of that voucher so that people who are coming out of homeless shelters and coming out of supportive housing and transitional housing can actually use these vouchers and actually find apartments um, and, and actually pay for the apartment with the voucher. So, you know, there's always going to be the debate among um, um, whether we need to, what kind of housing we need to build and how much housing we need to build in our city. And you as a Bronxite know very well that we don't have a shortage of development in the Bronx. The Bronx is, is building lots of housing, actually. Um, the problem is it's not always affordable, despite being called affordable housing, because developers get to choose um, something called an AMI percentage. And the issue with the AMI, which is, stands for Area Median Income, is that that is determined by the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is a federal agency. And in New York City, it incorporates uh, Putnam County, Rockland County, Westchester County, where the average uh, median income is much higher than people in the Bronx or in East New York or in Brownsville. So depending on what level of the AMI is being used by the developer or the landlord, it, it may or may not actually be affordable to the people who um, actually live in that community. So there's so much work to be done when it comes to housing, but we have to think about who are we building housing for and uh, how are we going to make sure that we can actually get people in housing who need it the most. And so I'm always going, as a rent-stabilized tenant, um, as a daughter of someone who who lives until this day in public housing, as someone who grew up in public housing and understands that the conditions of housing in New York City sometimes are deplorable. Um, we have no lack of landlords in the Bronx who are neglecting um, some of our, our older buildings, our pre-war buildings, our rent-stabilized units. 
um, landlords only care in not all of them, but many of them only care about their bottom line. And so what you'll see in, in, in neighborhoods like ours is you'll see these old buildings um, that are, you know, dilapidated. And because they're rent stabilized or rent control, uh, the landlord feels, well, I don't have any incentive to repair these buildings or upgrade them because I'm not really making a profit if I do so. And that mentality is something that needs to change because ultimately, in my eyes, housing is a human right. Healthcare is a human right. Uh, education is a human right. And we don't have those kinds of economic rights in the United States. What we have are civil rights, right to due process, right to bear arms, right to freedom of speech. We have uh, civil rights, not economic rights, and we need to have both. I, I agree with you 100%. And with housing, another thing that I am passionate about is the educational system and how much improvement we need desperately across the board, entire New York State, um, when it comes to education. And you, you obviously um, have seen it firsthand of how crazy and upsetting it can be because I have two daughters and one actually went to college, the other one just, and, and they went to different school. One went to charter school or magnet school and the other one didn't. And I, I see it. And, and even if they both would have gone to college, it's like, you're from the Bronx. Like, what do you want? There's no jobs. <laughs> it's like, there's, there are jobs, but it's like, um, there I don't know. Jobs that are minimum wage jobs, jobs that don't come with any benefits or any any pensions, and that's what we need to move away from. We need to figure out how do we create real jobs with living wages, with family sustaining wages. And the issue with education, New York City spends uh, thirty billion dollars plus on our Department of Education. It is the largest. The, the, the agency that receives the most funding, and it should. Um, but the problem is the funding isn't being spent in the right way. And we have to innovate our public schools. Um, what we're seeing is many people uh, want to transfer their children out into uh, schools in other boroughs or charter schools because the, uh, the quality of the, pub the district public schools just isn't where um, they sh aren't where they should be. And that's because we're not funding the most neediest schools in the lowest income neighborhoods. Um, we are, in many cases, um, local public schools are funded by local property tax. And in a district like District 15, where 90 plus percent of the people are renters, we don't have lots of property tax coming into this district. So we just have to spend our money wisely and intentionally. And a lot of it is about curriculum, right? Why aren't our students in the Bronx uh, being taught uh, work-based learning, vocational skills? Why aren't they being taught healthy eating habits or, or civics? Uh, why aren't we doing more STEM, robotics? Or, or um, uh, you know, there's just so much that we can do, socially sustaining, responsive, uh, social and cultural education. Why aren't we teaching people about, um, you know, the history of, of themselves and where they come from and, and their identities. Um, you know, why the other issue is professional development. 
we are putting teachers in schools that are not that qualified. And we are hiring inexperienced teachers and we are not investing in our educators um, the way that we should. So a lot of uh, issues when it comes to public education. I will say though that we are making small incremental uh, progress, uh, but we're, we're not where we should be. And you know, a lot of this is because of funding and despite what you may think, $30 billion sounds like a lot of money, but we actually are owed a lot more um, from the state. The state has, um, we've been having a battle with, the, with Albany for many years about getting our full funding um, for public schools in, in the city of New York. What advice would you give a person like myself who is trying to build a community and trying to teach people, you know, hey, this is what we can do as a group and a community to go to Albany. And now, I mean, we can just actually, let's do this virtual thing because they don't want us there with our masks, you know. But but we, I, I am so old, traditional, old fashioned, like, no, I want to see you face to face because when I tell you, that this is what our landlords are doing and these are what our leaders are doing or whoever's running the show. And, and, and I've been to Albany with my union, UAW, Local 2110. I, I've been there and, and I'm telling you, the, they're just looking at us like, you people just want more, more, more. What, what more do you want? Like, and I'm looking at them like, have you even visited the Bronx lately? Like, what are you talking about? And, and it just baffles me when I when I did do lobbying through the budget um, season in February and March that they had all these ideas and they passed all these bills and these are people making decisions that don't relate at all to the Bronxites. Like, what? <laughs> so I mean, where where how do you how can people my age right? communicate and, and, and build communities with the younger people. Um, because it's so hard, I mean, unless I'm out here with, you know, showing <laughs> my, my shimmy shimmy or dancing or something, it's just not connecting to people. Um, what, what, do, what is your advice for someone like a Salty Coffee podcast who is, the podcast was basically, basically made to help people my age in transition from the workforce to retirement. And, and show people, look what I did 30 years ago where I can now retire later. While I was still working two jobs and raising my two daughters by myself, what advice can you give me as a podcaster to, to build that community within the young, the older, or everybody to just learn something new? I mean, that's the story of so many women from, right? the story of the Bronx is filled with uh, single mothers, essential workers, uh, women who make ends meet, who um, women and men who were working um, and, and individuals who have been working throughout this pandemic. Um, when the city and state shut down, we were still having to get up and go to work because we were the essential workers, the frontline workers who kept the city afloat. Um, you know, I learned so much from, from my elders, um, from those who've been there doing the work, who've been on the ground before me. Um, you know, I think that 
we have to seek out, right? Um, where do young people congregate? And social media is definitely a place where young people spend a lot of their time. Um, and so doing things like this, I think are, are great, right? Um, targeting your audience to, to um, the youth, um, you know, youth development is also something that's so important to me and to the Bronx. Um, 25% of young people in the Bronx are out of work and out of school. Um, and these are, this is the next generation, the future of the Bronx, who are, are also struggling. I mean, COVID-19 has just ravished the Bronx. No one has seen as much devastation than we have here. This is the epicenter of it. And it was because of the pre-existing underlining conditions and the poverty that existed here. So it was a perfect sort of recipe for disaster. Um, but I'm hopeful. I think it's up to policymakers and elected officials to invest in youth development programs, to invest in universal after-school programming, to invest in mentorship programming, to make sure that young people are being connected with college students at CUNY where they can, can mentor, um, to invest in apprenticeship programs and internships. Um, you know, we have to do everything we can to make sure to the cultural, the arts, music, arts, dance. Uh, another thing that has been divested from in public education, which is actually proven to reduce crime. Um, so many of our young people are just, don't have anything to do. Um, and so I'm, you know, the summer youth employment program was put on the chopping block. It was one of the first things that the mayor decided to cut when we were trying to figure out what, how are we going to deal with the economic impact of COVID-19? And for whatever reason, the mayor thought that summer youth employment was the thing that was the most expendable. And perhaps it was because he thought that we couldn't have in-person uh, jobs, but we were able to, to innovate that and make them into virtual jobs. Um, and so it's important to elect people who understand that we cannot operate under the fearful politics of austerity and that we cannot put budget cuts on the backs of, of educators, of students, uh, of young people, of people who need our services the most, of, of workers. Um, and that's why we had this big sort of movement over the summer last year about it was called Occupy City Hall and people were you know in front of, of this of the city hall you know camping out because we were calling for a just budget, right? And we were saying what can we actually divest from in this moment? Right? We understand we're having a budget deficit. We get it. But what what can we pull money from and use it to reinvest? so that people's livelihoods are not impacted, so that budget cuts are not placed on the backs of the most vulnerable. And that, that was the movement, right? And, and I was definitely a part of that. Um, we were out there, but you know, I, and just to sort of circle back to your question about what can we do? What can our, um, you know, our, our mothers, our, our fathers, our, our elders do to sort of connect with the, the next generation is just, um, you know, seek us out, you know, talk to us whenever you see us. If you see us out in the community, um, talk to us, give us advice, tell us, you know, we, we want to learn from you um, and, and connect with us on social media, you know, build um, build community and we can do that wherever we are. Right. I mean, I know it's hard for us to do that these days because 
of all of the the uh, lack of in-person um, interactions, but we we will get back to to uh, doing things in person, um, and you know, going to community centers, um, you know, going to our schools, um, you know, doing um, programming, um, you know, going to the colleges, you know, having talks, doing seminars. You know, just teaching people how to how to plant and do community gardening and and, and farming, um, things like that. Like whatever can bring people from the community together, both young and old, um, is important because at the end of the day, you know, as they say, we we are we are the community and and we're all in in this together and and we're all in anything and everything together. That is the best advice I've gotten in all my life, even from my own children. I don't think they would have given me a better advice because they're like, Mom, you're just old. Um, <laughs> so, Alyssa, before you leave, I want you to tell me who inspires you? What, what made you, Alyssa, you know, like who, who in your life is the most, and, and I know I'm probably putting you on the spot to, to pick a person, but yeah. you don't have to pick a person. You can pick something else. Who, who in your life really inspired you to be such a wonderful person? You know, I have a really amazing godmother um, who is like my second mom and who is a, just a really selfless, passionate person who would take the shirt off of her back um, and give it to you if you needed it, um, who would give you her last dollar, her last piece of food and who puts everyone and anyone before her. And, you know, I think growing up, watching her be that person um, and her making sure that I was, you know, um, politically astute and paying attention to what was going on around me, um, she showed me how to be a kind person. She showed me how to, how to, how to have integrity and, and how to be a good human being and, and how to have passion and, and morals and values. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, obviously it, it had a, a positive impact on me and, you know, going, you know, going to school, I was my first mother, I was my mother's first child to, to graduate from college and, you know, having a post-secondary education, um, really is, can take you a long way. I mean, education really is the key and the ladder out of poverty for people like us. For, for people who come from humble beginnings, who grew up surviving on the social safety net, breaking that cycle of poverty. Um, it is the public education system that connects us and opens so many doors and opportunities for us. And that's why um, I'm so passionate about strengthening our public education system, because I know what it can do. It, it saved my life. You're on mute. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Alyssa, for sharing um, your campaigning, your running, and your ideas. Um, they are remarkable. Um, I've never really heard anything of this sort, of that, of this level, with any of the other candidates. So, um, I. I am so grateful that you said yes to Salty Coffee. Um, I was excited from day one when you knocked on my door. I was like, girl, you better, better. <laughs> I knocked on your door, right? I mean. I know. 
completely because, you know, God plays at the right place at the right time. And, you know, I, I'm so happy I got to the door and I look forward to um, potentially representing you and this community because we need we need someone who's going to fight for us. And um, we need someone who's going to make sure that we can improve the quality of life of people in this district. Um, because we, we're making an incremental improvement, but there's still a, a ways to go. And so um, I'm just happy we met. Thank you for inviting me on, on your show. And I want to remind your viewers and whoever may watch this um, once it, it's uploaded that in Central Bronx on Tuesday, March 23rd, there is going to be a very important local special election to choose the next city council member. And um, anyone who's able to, please go out and vote because it's important. Your your voice matters. Your vote matters, despite what you may think. Um, and local politics are, is, are important. All politics is local. So if you live in Beckford Park, in Allerton, in Olinville, in, in Tremont, in West Farms, in Fordham, in Mount Hope, um, if you live in Belmont, um, please go out and vote. And you can go to elisacrespo.com and um, you can learn more information about my campaign, what we're fighting for. And also um, you can learn where your, your nearest poll site is. Thank you. So we Thank will you. keep in touch. So yes. I'm gonna be, yeah. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? I never give out my personal number. I'm like, I'm just gonna give her my number. <laughs> But thank you so much, Alyssa, for, for taking your time out of your busy campaigning days. And I wish you best of luck wherever um, we may. And, and I know you're still going to be around and you're still going to work hard regardless of what happens on the 23rd. So um, celebration on me. <laughs> If, if, if that's the case, um, I will be celebrating anyway because um, you're an amazing person and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank so, you. If you have a message in Spanish, do you want to leave something in Spanish? I don't have a message prepared in Spanish, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Well, thank you so much and I am going to hang up now. <laughs> so um, keep in touch. All right, be safe, okay? Bye, you too. So that was Alyssa Crespo, and um, don't forget, um, I will be putting the information on the uh, description below on YouTube and Facebook. So um, please make sure that if you are on District 15, that you go out and vote. And I believe there's election for another district as well, but um, we do need to fill in that spot with someone who is um, really dedicated to making a difference and making a change. And I thank you so much for those who are just walking in. Um, please feel free to go back and replay. And um, thank you so much. And I love you all. And, you know, keep in touch. Don't forget, um, I'm here if you need me. And tomorrow is Mellow Monday. Mellow Monday will be um, open talk. Uh, I'm going to give you some resources that you're going to probably need uh, for today, uh, for next week, um, if you're in the Bronx or not. And Mellow Monday is going to be fun. All right. So I love you all. Thank you for stopping by. 
and please feel free to call me anytime my number's right there um and visit our website don't forget poetry the poetry contest has been extended to march 31st i have a couple of entries so please make sure that you submit submit and the registration link i will put it you can either find it there on the website or i will put it on the description below i love you all thank you enjoy the rest of your night